Good morning, everyone. My friends, we hear from our first reading where God removes someone in authority, someone in government, and someone who was a king uh, because he couldn't do the job. We need that today, but we let God do what he needs to do. And then our second reading really is a hymn uh, written. Uh, it would have been sung, but we hear it read to us, proclaimed to us about a truth. My friends, in my nine years with you, I've preached on this particular gospel three times. It comes up every three years. And uh, certainly, uh, as a preacher, I would have preached about the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, the authority. We hear it given in this. I would have spoken about Peter. I would have spoken about the successor of Peter that we call popes, uh, about the papacy itself, because it, uh, this is what it's dealt with. So today I'm going to uh, pull out something else that comes from this gospel that I have not spoken about. Um, and uh, throughout all of Christianity, meaning not just the Roman Catholics and Eastern Rite, but all denominations, uh, this is a very, very familiar uh, passage and one that uh, certainly has been interpreted differently and uh, has caused uh, uh, some tension amongst Christians. Um, but Jesus talks to Peter and he asks them a question. And the question really is about his faith. Now he, uh, he first says, what, are, what is the world saying about me? And Peter says, here's what they're saying. And he's just like, nope, not that. And he says, well, Peter, what do you say? And Peter speaks about faith. And Jesus' confirmation of Peter's response that it's correct uh, is with an announcement. I will establish a community based on you. He says, I will build my church. He's not talking about brick and mortar. He's talking about, I'm going to build this church upon you, and you will be the foundational rock of it. And my friends, uh, I bring this up because today uh, the church is seen by many people as a corporation, worldwide international corporation, and uh, from both inside people who are Christians inside the church and those from the outside watching, uh, what they see is the external and the visible piece of the church, a large corporation, uh, and particularly our church centered on the Vatican uh, with these guys running around in red <laughs> called cardinals, other guys running around in purple called bishops, <laughs> and they manage uh, little dioceses throughout the world, and uh, then in addition with our church, we have many, many Catholic institutions. There's parishes and schools. We develop hospitals. We have social welfare ministries. So you can see why they would think this. But my friends, you and I know the church is much more than that. The church is, first of all, a very living, organic entity with a life. And that life is the life of the Spirit that is to pulsate through all of its members, as it was in the beginning days with the apostles and the first disciples. And, my friends, and certainly each member is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But here is what I'm going to tell you. That relationship has to necessarily lead you to the church. You cannot just be a Christian out there by yourself on your own. You are going to suffer. That relationship for us, as we understand it as Christians, begins with our baptism and becomes a very part of our identity, how we live and breathe, and that's what it's supposed to do. Because of it, each one of us then have been given grace by that, 
to make Christ present and known in this world. My friends, Jesus used a similar image to communicate the nature of his relationship with his disciples when he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus was speaking about community and communion. In the church, we call it communio. Communio, however, refers to something much deeper than just a community. My friends, um, whereas the bond of a community is a common interest, uh, whether it be around food, whether it be around a city, whether it be around a particular school, you see, that's a community. The church has communio, and it's deeper, and it refers to the fact that we are connected and bonded to God, but also then to each other by the life of the Spirit that pulsates through us. And this bond goes much deeper than any common interest. It is a bonding at a level that is at our core being. We live in this communio, and we share it together, and we walk in faith from it, especially when we celebrate and come together uh, for Mass, in our case, the sacraments, when the Word is broken open, as we used to say, uh, preached. The Church has also understood as mystery, but when we say this, uh, we don't mean something that's just mysterious. Um, it means, rather, where the very presence of God is both veiled or concealed and revealed. What do I mean by that? Concealed meaning that we don't see God visibly. Last night I joked and I said, if you do see him, uh, please come and see me in my office, and then we will make arrangements to go to Rome because the Holy Father will want to speak with you. <laughs> and while I joke, on the other hand, there's the presence of Jesus Christ, uh, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is also revealed to us by you, its members. It has to be, because that's the way it was designed to do. And it's also revealed in the sacraments in our church. It's revealed in uh, the preaching of his gospel, the church, especially locally, a parish, is supposed to be a home also for us. As one of our mottos is, our home in the harbor and our family in the faith. And we are constantly striving to make that a daily re reality. It is a place where each one of its members should feel at home and welcome and accepted. But my friends... With all that said, it is also a place where there are certain rules and disciplines and order. I can come to your house, and I will find that also there. If not, I will probably ask you, how is it that you have survived so long without any order? And my friends, and this is so because the church is the guardian of what is sacred and holy. And our local church, meaning the Archdiocese of Seattle, Western Washington, our pair and our parish, we should be able to experience Jesus Christ, to experience the warmth and the movement of the Holy Spirit. The local church and parish must never just become interested only in itself, simply ministering to its own registered members. Otherwise, what happens if we only do this, and this was one of the dangers, uh, regrettably, that happened when COVID came. Um, I, last night, I told folks, for 15 years as a priest, I begged people to come to church. And then I was told, tell them not to come. 
It was heartbreaking. It was ridiculous. And it became just strange. I felt like I was in a Stephen King movie. I'm like, what? You want me to do what? <laughs> okay, I'm obedient, but this makes no sense to me. But um, if a parish or a church just looks to itself only and only tends to its own self, then it, isn't it something like a social club? And nothing more? We are, as a church, to provide for the larger community. And at times, my friends, and here's the truth that people don't like, when we do this, we are going to run into tension with society. We are going to run in a counter-cultural witness to the people, and we're supposed to. Jesus did it, his disciples did it, and every holy men and women since have done the same thing. The church has a culture of its own that arises from the Gospels of Jesus Christ. This culture embodies a structure of values and meanings that often run counter to the values and the meanings of society and cultures. Americans, of late I've been listening to it over and over. Well, if the mother church doesn't change her ways and start accepting dot, 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 it's not going to exist anymore. And I'm like, I beg your pardon? <laughs> the church has never done that? I'm talking about our church. I'm not talking about all the Christian churches. I said, it will cease to exist when Jesus Christ himself says it will cease to exist. Society will never be able to make that come to pass and dictate to it. It has tried for over 2,000 years. And it's not successful because Jesus himself said, Nothing will prevail against it. Doesn't mean that it's not hard times. And my friends, when we run countercultural society, it doesn't mean you have to be at war with them. It doesn't mean you have to hate. It just means you stand for the values and truths. So when people come to me and say, well, the church is going to have to, no. No. I'm not worried that the church is going to come to an end because society says so. Well, if you don't change your ways and start accepting this and that and then the other, nope, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, has promised, and I trust him. If we are really conscious about being Christ's church, we will eventually experience conflict between what the church stands for and the values of society around it. There is no escaping this. If you do not experience this conflict, that means you have not really chosen Jesus Christ. You haven't really, really been a disciple. Or if you continue running from church to church until you find the message that really sits with you, that's really stupid. <laughs> I've had that. Well, I'm just going to go to that other parish. I'm like, it's the same truth of Jesus Christ over there. <laughs> what are you going there for? Well, he will say, and I'm like, he will say yes to you when it should be no. Sorry, I'm going to be a good parent here. So my friends, if that happens, isn't it not, nothing more than a social club whose membership you will engage when it is convenient for you to engage it? That is not what Christianity is about. That is not what the church is about. So my friends, um, on this day, we come together in this house to be nourished by our Lord's word and sacrament and to experience his presence in the sacraments by word and from each other. 
That's why when you come in this house, you need to leave all the nonsense out there. You come in and be ready to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to be a faith community. Let us be conscious of the bond of unity that is supposed to be here and to live what we share then in faith here in this parish and with many other communities, ecclesials that we call them, uh, throughout the world and throughout Gig Harbor and throughout Pierce County. We are the branches and Christ is the vine. You are the church, the mystical body of Christ. You just got to start believing it. And you've got to start living it every day. So my friends, I know if I don't say something about Peter, I'll get an email. So here we go. <laughs> this story shows the primacy of Peter. <laughs> it was not just something that the church made up. It was something that Jesus Christ himself did. Right from the beginning, it was his mind and will. The failures of popes throughout history do not contradict Jesus' promises that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. Peter himself failed the Lord three times, probably more, but we know about three times. In giving authority to the man who denied him three times, Jesus wanted to show us that he was establishing his church not on human strength, but on his own power, his love, and his faithfulness. The church's true foundation is Jesus Christ. Like me and like the bishops and like the cardinals, the Pope is also a servant of Jesus Christ. The Pope is not his substitute. 